0: Hey, Climb, do me a favor. What? When you get to Chicago, you notice the women. How they act and what they wear. Get yourself some female clothes and fixings. You know, old dresses, ribbons, perfume, things like that. Look, if you don't like the way I smell... Oh, it ain't nothing personal. Only if you ever crawled out of that deer hide and dolled
1: up a bit, I got a hunch you'd be a passable pretty gal. Clamity Jane, Yes. Um, I loved this. And it's a bit worrying that you've given me two musicals, two screamingly camp Hollywood musicals, which I both adored, but they are both also cowboy movies. So I'm talking about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and now Calamity Jane.
0: I love both, but I really hate Hollywood cowboy films, so not my cup of tea at all. However, these two films are hyper-realistic and (laughs) silly, so they're not pretending to be dramatic.
1: No, not not at all. Uh, But i love this i love doris day in it i mean doris day of this period could be less lovable but she she's so great she's so gammon she's dressed boyishly she's in fact it's sometimes during this movie she has to dress up like a girl and she never looks as appealing as when she's in her jeans and buckskin with that cavalry cap just iconic she looks wonderful
0: right from the very first frame the first the overture itself this is just
1: I love it. I love it. It begins with a stagecoach rattling into town and a song about the Deadwood stage. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of things I want to say as sort of before we start, prefatory comments. One is uh, I suspected that this might be a riposte, uh, a rival response to Annie Get Your Gun, and that's exactly what it was. Annie Get Your Gun was a huge hit. Shall we start again?
0: No, no, we're fine, but these planes are flying again. This was so much easier during 2020, wasn't it? So just keep talking. Yeah. So. <laughs> Annie, get your gun, which was a musical, I believe, by
1: Irving Berlin and was a big hit movie too. It's about a, a female, a cowgirl, a, a female sharpshooter, in fact. Mm. And so this is very similar material. So I thought, okay, so they probably cobbled this together as their response, you know, to cash in on Annie, get your gun. And that's true. I did a bit of research, and that's exactly what happened. But what astonished me is that there really was a Calamity Jane.
0: Did you know that? I had no idea.
1: Well, um, you've seen Deadwood. I have seen Deadwood, and I began to have memories of that as I watched this. The Deadwood stage. Yeah, yeah. I just just assumed it was like Dry Gulch. I just thought it was a silly Western name. But there really was a Deadwood, and there really was Wild Bill Hickok and Calamity Jane there, right? Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, obviously, this is not in any way pretending to be an accurate... A documentary. (laughs) (laughs) This this, this ain't no biography. (laughs) Um, It's just a bloody silly film using historical characters. As a jumping off point. Yeah, and it succeeds. Oh, but it's brilliant. And look, look, the thing is, I just... It's entirely down to Doris Day. I think she, without her, this would not be a good film. I can't think of anyone else that could do this justice at the time. He's fantastic and I really like Doris Day what are you doing why have you gone
1: quiet I need to find the name of the composer I hate IMDB so much the guy um. who wrote the music to the song I know who wrote the lyrics I need to know who wrote the music to the songs and it just it won't tell you it gives a list of people who did minor music contributions but it won't tell me who wrote the song I don't <laughs> just had to pause the recording and I had a tantrum. And the reason I had a tantrum is <laughs> we wanted to talk, this is a musical and I wanted to talk about the songs and I knew the name of the guy who wrote the lyrics because he's familiar to me And I, but I couldn't remember the name of the man who composed the music for the songs. This is a musical. It lives or dies by its songs. It took a good five minutes to get the name of Sammy Fane from any of the resources. When you're talking about Calamity Jane this movie, made in 1953 starring Doris Day The first thing that needs to be said is that it features songs by Sammy Fain and Paul Francis Webster. Now, Paul Francis, I know the lyricist better, as I mentioned, because he wrote the lyrics. He's won the Academy Award three times, right? Uh, One of which is for The Shadow of Your Smile, which is a wonderful melody by Johnny Mandel, who's one of my heroes. He's a jazz god, Johnny Mandel. It's from a movie called The Sandpiper. Oh right, with uh, Burton and Taylor but it's a glorious song he wrote the lyrics for it so that's how I knew him but I dug a bit deeper and Paul Francis Webster didn't only write the lyrics for The Shadow of Your Smile and a couple other Academy Award winners and for all the songs of Calamity Jane he also wrote the lyrics for Spider-Man Spider-Man does whatever a spider can you didn't know that did you?
0: I didn't does that mean he also did the Wonder Woman lyrics?
1: I didn't see that listed in his. Because uh, I'm almost certain thing. it's the same person. Was well, it the
0: same person that he did? You know, sat in your satin ties fighting for your rights. Oh, that's such a good line. It sounds like.
1: <laughs> it. But anyway, these are great songs. I mean, Sammy Fane's music's wonderful. The fact that it took us forever to dig out his name in the fine print of the various uh, websites is nuts. But so listen, when I was a kid, if I saw a musical, when the people started singing, I just switch off because I was into drama and comedy and I hated musicals but in this movie I kept thinking when's the next song yeah
0: it. they come quick and fast Are they wonderful? you don't have to wait long um, immediately I mean straight away you've got Whip Crack Away or you know, The Dead Was Staged depending on what you want to call it and then before too long you're in town and you're straight into Windy City so um, yeah, they, yeah there's
1: no shortage of songs and they're great songs now a couple important
0: things to actually no you're not aren't you that's just occurred to me. That's not the next song. Anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Don't be so
1: anal about the songs. Um One of the other important things I wanted to say about this movie is that it's made in 1953. And in the course of... We record a bunch of these podcasts back to back. And on tonight's menu is Niagara, starring uh, Marilyn Monroe, which is another 1953 movie. And an important point to make about this movie, Niagara, which has some great photography, has some of the worst shoddiest unconvincing back projection photography i've ever seen and i was just laughing at it yet here we are calamity jane exactly the same year back projection much more convincing i think it
0: completely worked for me some of it not all of it do you agree that niagara's a bit ropey do you know what i used to until i watched it through for the session but we can cover this when we actually do niagara but the sequences toward the end, I thought the boat sequence coming Are, up to the falls looked a lot better than I remember it being.
1: Which must have been really terrible because it's disastrous. The point I'm making is I always write off back projection because it looks so funny. It turns out it looks phony if it's done badly. If you put these two films side by side, you can see that
0: it is possible to do it quite convincingly. I've not never really seen it in a convincing way. Even in View to a Kill, which we did not long back, it looks a bit rogue. Okay. Oh, look, I
1: I hate it. But I'm just saying that it can be done better or worse. And this is done better. So full marks to Calamity Jane for songs and back projection. No, no. (laughs) Full marks for Doris Day. Doris Day is great in this. I'd always been partial to Doris Day because she was never given the credit. She was always sort of treated as a dumb blonde. She was very smart. I don't know if you know anything about her she's oh, a yeah. really gifted singer completely exploited by the men in her life like, yeah, almost three times I mean, yeah. just, she never won they just took all her money and treated her terribly but that's a side issue she was a great singer she came from the big band jazz swing era which I know a bit about so I think she, she might have worked with Benny Goodman but anyway she came from that background so I've always been interested in the jazz end of her career but she's wonderful because not only is she a terrific singer she's she does lovely comic acting in this she knows exactly what she needs to do as calamity jane and do you don't feel that she overdoes it because i don't I, th- I just
0: think she's perfect she overdoes it in so much as she's overacting but she sets the tone yeah so provided everyone else is on the same path it's not a problem and fortunately yeah, she's so not... all her double takes and you know
1: oh she she does swung, one line straight down the lens i know and it's brilliant she's and, and, and that, found... that that line is okay so what happens just to give people a flavor of the plot she's this uh, tomboy who uh, works on the stage and this town of deadwood and in the town of deadwood they're all dying to see this gorgeous actress from chicago a singer that they've only ever seen on secret, cards. secret cards, yeah. In other words, cards that you use to get picture cards. free with Adeline your Adams. They're like bubblegum cards, if that means yeah. anything. So uh, Calamity goes to Chicago. Clam, as she's known. I love that. Goes to Chicago to bring this woman back. And she doesn't realize it, but she ends up taking back, not the woman herself, not the star, but the star's dresser, yeah. her female assistant, who's decided to pass herself off as the star. But even... Calamity has inklings about this, and she turns the as you say, directed the camera and says, straight I got a strange feelings.
0: Someone's being hassled." That <laughs> is great. I loved it. What's interesting about is that is I seem to recall from a Doris Day documentary that that wasn't meant to be down the lens, and she did it down the lens, and they just thought we're going to go with that take instead.
1: Well, no, but I think that that story is palpably nonsense because now she's how- meant to
0: look in the mirror. Oh. And say it to herself oh, in the mirror. I do. Because she's in the dressing room when she says forgive it. Forgive me.
1: I thought that somebody was making the argument it should be addressed to the other woman in the room, which would no. made no sense at all. No, no, no. No, the mirror would make sense. This is much better.
0: I think so. Yeah. Um, if, whether it was done as a joke or what, I don't know, but film's expensive and she's professional. I can't imagine that it would have been. I just think she took a chance. <laughs> now, I've got. To, basically, I love this movie. If you have any. Even if you hate
1: musicals, I would recommend watching this. So, Calamity is this tomboy she there's this crazy plot of of impersonation going on which is going to involve more musical numbers do you want to talk about the woman katie brown she's called tell me a bit about her
0: well i constantly forget her name but it's alan ann mcclary
1: easy to forget and quite a complicated yeah. name
0: i don't know from anything else i looked her up and i was really pleased to see that i know her husband very well oh because <laughs> it's uh, george gaines who played Commandant Lassard in Police Academy films? And okay. It was a lovely. This is a special Degrees of separation um, yeah, did lovely. it for me. I, I just liked that there was a link there to something else. But no, I, I think she's really good in this. She is good. She great. has a really hard job of. She has to do that, uh, The her performance she's on stage. Kind of, she's kind of the straight role in this, and Calamity's kind of the comedy role. Oh, Christ. Yeah, I mean, the straight, the straight roles come in this. <laughs> It's a bit full on. It, again, we're in uh, fast territory here. Yeah,
1: I could, wouldn't, couldn't agree um, more.
0: Which is touched on actually earlier than that, which is when. Uh, oh, I can't. Uh, Francis Fryer comes to town to do his act.
1: Oh, he's the guy who has to dress up like. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they've booked what they believe to be a female actor he's francis a
1: francis yeah. is a female but it's a it's a male francis so he has to dress up as a woman this all takes place before the desperation uh journey to chicago to try and enlist the uh the services of what was the, the real star called adelaide adams. adelaide adams yeah i got her <laughs> yeah <Sorry. laughs> but i i just want to say that calamity with her short blonde hair and a rather uh round cartoony face is a very is absolutely a different physical type from the rather slender brunette katie brown yeah and i've written here the other chick because i couldn't remember her name her other the other chick looks like anne hathaway if people are trying to you know come up with physical types
0: mm-hmm. what's weird is that when they're both in their dresses it, it's there isn't any sense of that it's only when uh, doris day is in a tomb made up in a Calamity clothes.
1: She, she's not Calamity, unless she's dressed boyishly, I would say. Uh, but I've, the other in the room, I mentioned Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Of course, this has got the same Howard male Kiel. lead, Howard Keel. Yeah. I, I had no idea who, I'd heard the name, I had no idea who this guy was before I saw these two movies. And I, so, I, I bet you
0: recognised the voice before you recognised the face.
1: Well, he looks completely di- He's a chameleon.
0: Well, <laughs> he <laughs> actually, looks completely different. Yeah, it's true. I was watching uh, Kiss Me, Kate, the other day he's in uh, that too yeah um, bring it on He i, I hate it oh, okay I, I was watching it to see if i could like it uh, again but I, I just can't get it is, is, is howard Kewell great because he's pretty good oh, yeah, in these two movies. and he's huge i mean on when he's on stage he's bigger than everyone else he's louder than everyone else right. he's got so much presence
1: but he doesn't have a physical type like doris day does i, I couldn't i wouldn't have known it's the same guy in the two movies and you said i would have recognized the voice actually i've got such a tin ear in that the regard to Musicals and songs and musicals. I wouldn't have noticed that. If it had been a sax solo, I might have been, n- noticed the same performer, but not the singer. Sorry. Very
0: early on, he gets a good duet with Doris Day. Uh, the but, uh, "I Can Do Without You." All the songs are one of the fun.
1: They're really well staged. There's a great bit where a calamity's dancing on the saloon bar, and they pull her up into the balconies. She's really good physically. She's yeah. t- t- wonderful at the dance numbers. Oh, <laughs> Now, the thing about Calamity Jane, which I find funny and frustrating, is she's always lying about her exploits and exaggerating her exploits, but her exploits are in and of themselves already toweringly
0: heroic. That is true to the actual Calamity Jane, though, in that she used to big herself up a lot. And I believe the reason they called her Calamity was because she nearly always fell foul of her lies. Her exaggerations, <laughs> um, so you know. Any time she said, "Oh, I I fought off twenty of those," suddenly yeah, eighteen of those twenty would walk in at that particular time. She was yeah, just incredibly but still
1: amazing. having fought off two was a very good thing. Like she rescues, she she's got a crush on this uh, this cavalry
0: officer. Bill Hickok.
1: No, not Bill Hickok. No, the sorry, guy, oh Danny,
0: Danny something. the Baxter, the Danny, other guy, yes. the
1: other guy. She and she rescues him, Lieutenant Danny Gilmartin and she yes. rescues him from the Cheyenne or whoever's got him Injuns. yeah well that's the problem with it we'll, we'll get to that next anyway she she does these heroic things and then she exaggerates it when the act itself is already sufficiently heroic i thought now that's you've touched in that one word you've touched on my major problem with this which you can
0: guess yes but it's a problem unfortunately with any western of this era and, and
1: especially one that's just a comedy western which everything has reduced to the most garish and simplistic of stereotypes
0: much as the cartoons were at the time, much as exactly. anything was. You'll see this in Tom and Jerry cartoons, you'll see this.
1: So, for instance, they uh, Even now. In that hilarious, uplifting, fun, rollicking sequence with the stagecoach rolling to the town with a great song, even in that, Calamity shoots dead a Native American. <laughs> it's, like, it's appalling. Bravely. <laughs> it's appalling. But, I mean, I mean, he was in the process of attacking the stagecoach, but even so, it, although probably people didn't turn a hair when they saw it at the, in 1953, now it's like... That's a weird way to begin a musical comedy.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. Um, de-
1: death of one of the people whose genocide you're working towards. The extraordinary thing is, and this is really weird, for it to have that attitude as is, as you say, completely understandable. But just before they launch into a song, there's a sequence later on where they're ro- rolling along in the evening and the sun's going down and they're in this wagon and they're heading for a dance and they talk about how beautiful the Black Hills of Dakota are and they sing a song about it. But before they sing, she has this line, look at those hills. She probably says, look at them hills. No wonder the Indians fight so fierce to hang on to this country. Yeah. And she said, so they, I've written, they know what the issue is. They just don't care. In other words, they're stealing this land from the, that rightly belongs to these people and wiping them out. And that's just sort of business as usual.
0: A rare moment of self-awareness for America. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lovely song too, Black Hills of Dakota, I think, on an uh,
1: Oscar. Uh, now, there was an Oscar won by this film but i think it's the one about a woman's place but let's find a woman's touch won an oscar i i that's, <laughs> Christ. that is the reason i thought
0: it was outrageous i mean that is a sequence like no other
1: yeah so hang on a sec um webster
0: because i know black hills of dakota was a, a, a huge single release That was at that okay so time. he's
1: won the academy award for best original song okay so they are oh,
0: please no, it's Secret Love. Oh, of course, yeah. which was tacked on at the end, never even meant to be in the I film. I can't
1: remember which. what Secret Love is. Can you tell me it's what it is? It's the very was?
0: last song, um, when she's dressed up in all her fine gear and she goes, Now I'll shout it from the fire, highest hill, even tell the golden daffodil. I really. do remember yes. that, yes. Um, but I don't think that song was meant to be in the film. What had happened was it was written for her during the film. It was released as a single, was very successful. So they tacked it onto the end of the film because the film, Secret well, Love doesn't make any sense.
1: What, the, what what argues against that is that it's a song by Paul Francis Webster and Sammy Fenton. Yeah, but I think they
0: wrote it for her during the making of the film and it got released as a single. Oh,
1: because they were working with her anyway. Yeah. And they thought, maybe they thought... We know a song that would work really well for Doris, whom we're working with
0: at the moment. Yeah, I I'm 90% that. certain it was tacked on at the end. I and mean, the whole sequence feels tacked on at the end because it, it ends perfectly well 10 minutes before that. But that's that. quite a nice song. And just for the completeness,
1: Secret Love by Calamity Jane, 1953, was the first song for which the lyricist Paul Francis Webster won an Oscar. The second was Love is a Many Splendid Thing from a movie of the same title a couple of years later. Then in 65, as we mentioned, The Shadow of Your Smile, written with the great Johnny Mandel from The Sand
0: It wouldn't be eligible for an Oscar if it was released as a single before, so that can't be right.
1: Yeah, I thought that whole story
0: I, smelled fishy to me. I know Sorry. it's tacked on, I know it's not
1: meant to be well, on the Well, do a bit of research, film. and then you can. we can do a little epilogue oh, about this. Bugger research. But <laughs> I, I have one, okay, I've pretty much talked out Calamity Jane. Apart from the, the, the strange ambivalence about genocide, <laughs> I think this is a wonderful movie, and I adored every moment of it, and I think Doris Day is fantastic. I do have one question. I've written WTF. Is the weird scene where Bill Hickok is dressed like an Indian and
0: presumably a female Indian? Do you, well, you've missed a line. Um, there's a line where he's saying that she couldn't bring Adelaide Adams back from... Uh, oh, has he, he said, made a bet with her? Yeah, he said, if you bring Adelaide Adams through that door, um, I'll come here dressed as a squaw nursing a newborn baby. I did miss that line, which, as you can imagine, yeah. made that, that. must have been quite confusing, Made point. it quite <laughs>
1: inexplicable. Yeah. Oh, how he, hilarious. He makes a bet with
0: her. That's after that um, I Can Do Without You song.
1: Okay. Great. Well,
0: that's, that explains everything. Yeah. What a great movie. That's a wrap. I love it. It's a very difficult to talk at length about a film that you both like. Yeah. Um, and
1: you'd like because it just works everything just snaps into place so that there's not a lot to discuss except to, to recommend this even to people who hate musicals
0: and also to say that 1953 was a hell of a year for films
1: yeah bring That's, on the bring on Niagara if yeah. I may put it like
0: that Gerard Juntman for Blondes was also 1953
1: Howard Hawks bring it on no. and Marilyn monroe
0: of course yeah, she did three films in nineteen. 19- bring, bring done on. them all i think. what was
1: the other one was the other one the don't Double bother to talk. knock wow i know what a year what a year this has been a podcast by my friend matt west and myself andrew cartmel but very importantly, the music, the fabulous music you heard at the beginning and that you're listening to now is by Joe Kramer. Thank you very much, Joe.
0: What rung you to this neck of the woods? Inch in trouble? They came to to ask you to go to the ball. Both of you? Well, now that's blown flatter. Only
1: I can't go with both of you.
0: Oh, It's all right. We drew straws.
1: You did? Who won?
0: Well, I did, Clam.